This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brad Gilmore, but you might know me by another name. You might know me as the boat. Oh my God, you're my dream boat, for sure. Wait, wait, I got one more for you, Jen. Can I get a great Scott? Great Scott! <laughs> I was going to say, did you at least get Christopher Lloyd to make any, any kind of bumper for you? And you did not let me down, Brad. Absolutely. And I'm joined by the one and only the incomparable Jen Starcher. Jen, how are you? I'm hanging in there, man. I mean, uh, it's great to join you on on a holiday. And they were all like, we weren't even sure if you guys were going to be available. I'm like, we're always available for Schmodown. So. Uh, always, 100%. I actually just got in maybe five, ten minutes prior to this stream. I was, oh. I was on a road trip back from the great city of Austin, Texas. My, myself and the float went over there. And then I just drove right up, parked the truck, which I like to call – Elvis, the king of the road, he's my silver F-150. Boom, pulled it up in the driveway, came up and talked to you. So wait, you're telling me that your hair is always like this? Oh, look at that, man. <laughs> look at that. Look at your, your hair looks great, too. What are you talking about? Oh, you know, oh, this thing. I just took a shower today for the first time in three days. So, you know, living my best life over here, Brad. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I will say I am, I am business from the waist up right now. I'm wearing like some flannel Christmas pajamas under this. So <laughs> don't worry. I'm not like all the way put together. Okay, I've got party pants on too, if we're going to be specific. so But I did I did rock my inner geekdom shirt today, so I feel like I should get extra points for that. I appreciate that. See, I, I, um, I'm not a t-shirt guy. You know, like I'm just not a t-shirt guy. I wish I were. They just don't they just don't look good on me. You know, I don't mean to be vain, but they just don't look good on me. I feel like everything needs a collar. Everything needs wrong. So what? So you can pop it? That's right, girl. All day. Oh, don't you dare. <laughs> uh, but what was it like interviewing Christopher Lloyd? It looks so cool. To talk to him was awesome. You know, to talk to Christopher Lloyd was crazy. Um, you know. And, and as you probably know, too, like you get to meet a lot of cool people in this space, but I never thought that I would talk to him. So I that was the only time in my professional life I can recall being starstruck. Like he came up on the screen and I was like, I, hey, hey, how's it going? How are like I, I really couldn't keep it together. And I was such a fanboy. I was such a fanboy the entire time I was talking to him. It was incredible, though. 
It was in con- it, it was it was one of those to where I think that Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox and Jay Z. They're the only ones. They're the only ones that I could get that fanboy about. I know it's a it's a motley crew. Two makes sense. One of these things is not like the other. Well, the third, third one, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Who's someone who would starstruck you? Starstrike you? you? Know, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'm a lot like you where I've dealt with so many people. I'm not easily impressed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just look at everyone as as equal and as a great conversation. Like I can talk to pretty much anyone. Um, so I, I don't, I don't really get starstruck. Yeah. I feel like at the end of the day, we're, we're just all people and putting uh, anyone on a pedestal is honestly just the best way to get let down because you never meet your heroes if they suck. If they suck. But if there's anyone to ever put on a pedestal is the great Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd can be on a pedestal and I'm, I'm just okay with it. Um, only Kevin makes Jen starstruck. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. I love that he came, he came out just to be like, I'm going to supervise. Wake me up if you need something. So. Yeah, yeah. Tag me in if you need if you need some assistance. But you know what? Let's talk about it, Jim. So earlier this year, it was February, early February before the world shut down. I received a phone call from Christian Harloff. Christian Harloff says, hey, Brad, what are you doing February the 29th? I said, I have no earthly idea. Why? What's going on? He said, well, Jim isn't available for us that day. For the Schmodown, can you fill in? I said, well, first of all, um, no, I can't fill in for Jen. I can I can be a substitute teacher of sorts, but I will do my best. So I said, yes. And then, boom, I said, what's the event? He said, Ben Bateman versus Dan Merle for the championship. I was like, oh. And you were like, sure, no pressure. I would be there even if I wasn't you know, working. That would be something. But, yeah, no pressure. I remember, I remember DMing you or texting you. I'm like, give me all your tips in the world. Uh, and that is, our, by the way, can I just say, I'm going to put you over for a second. I'll can I say you. that doing those post-match interviews are incredibly difficult. They are not easy. Like, cause I went up there and I'm like, oh, you know, I've done this before. It's not gonna do but like when you get up there, it, you know, you're trying to find the balance of informative and entertaining and getting good answers out of people. And it's not easy, but we make it look rather simple especially in front of a live crowd that's just that hyped up. Because like you said, this is one of the biggest matches in the Schmodown. So it's, it's, there's a lot of pressure up there, especially when you have instant reactions from the crowd and playing to them too, is a big part of it, you know, because they're just invested as this, in this journey as you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, but you, you, you do it well, but now we are here for the rematch. You know, we always know the big, the bigger than the first match is always the rematch. We t- we were told that the Rock and Cena was once in a lifetime. It ended up being twice in a lifetime for a good reason because it's always bigger the second time around. Now we're going to get to see it. We're going to get to see Ben Bateman versus. Yeah, Brad, we we had to run this one back. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Well, yeah, we had to run it back, and and I'm interested to talk to Dan and uh, Ben because you know I actually talked to Ben earlier on the phone just you know in preparation. I wanted to ask him a couple things for this. And it's just to me to loot to be up by five points go in a championship match going into the final round. Typically, you've got it in the bag after that. Answer one or two questions. It's not going to be a big deal. You're going to get the win. Ben Bateman goes in with five points, and then he had to meet the unstoppable force, the man who rocks an FSU hat in every picture and video I've ever seen. The man stepped up, he pulled the brim down. And he went perfect, and he ended up winning the championship. They go into overtime. Incredible stuff. Um, but I just want to know what these guys' mindset is this time around because now the roles are reversed. Ben's challenging Dan, defending right after just def- losing his team championships, 
right after defending against Ethan. There's so many factors at play in this one. Absolutely. But when I, I look at a match like this, I feel like we're going to see a different Ben Bateman. And that could just be my my outlook on it. But after everything that's happened lately, you know, with who's the boss losing, uh, spoilers, if you haven't watched that, where have you been? Uh, losing but- is putting it nicely. <laughs> Getting curb stomped. Are we allowed there to? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, because look, none of us saw that coming. We thought no. it was going to be a very competitive match. We thought, uh, you know, who's the boss is, is, is one of the strongest teams out there. But it just goes to show you this game is so incredibly unpredictable. That said, I am really nervous that Ben Bateman's coming into this situation and is going to be out for blood. So we are going to see a different version of Ben Bateman than we've seen in a long time. I, I tend to agree with you, so I'm excited to hear what they have to say about it. And of course, the undercard, the Warfather, coming back to the movie series Smodown. We haven't seen him, I think, since the studio matches. This will be his first online venture of his live, of course, this Friday, September the 11th, Smodown Throwdown versus Janine the Machine. This is singles division, um, a singles division match. I'm excited to see these two lock horns, and I, I guess quite literally, if you look at the Warfather's get up there. Uh, <laughs> But you, but I know that you're close to Janine. You know, you, you, you're you a big fan of the machine. Warfather is somebody who I'm intrigued by just based upon his presence alone in the movie Trivia Shmo. Now, what do you expect to see out of this one? I mean, look, beyond kayfabe, I love both these competitors. I yeah. feel like there are, there are rookies that come into the league and instantly make an impact. And Janine has been one of those for me since day one. Not just in terms of how she plays the game, but in how she handles herself around other competitors around uh you know the game itself she has had a quite a learning curve here and she's gotten thrown into some really really difficult matches you know a lot of people when they step on and they get their rookie matches they're going up against fluff matches you know what i mean they're going up against essentially a squash where you're like, Hey, look, we're going to give you something easy. We're going to give you a softball. That is not how Janine or her managers have ever approached this game with her because she came into this league on fire. And quite frankly, I am sick and tired of seeing anyone, anyone that doubts the machine based solely on her record, because I do not feel like it adequately shows the kind of competitor she is. I agree with that, and and I'd like to maybe talk more on, on a later date about what the record really symbolizes because I agree with that because I'm a Houston sports fan, and I know that a lot of the times we're really good, but our records don't always show it, or our playoff performances don't always show it, but we're very, very good. Uh, so I, I would like to talk to you a little bit more about that. Maybe maybe, maybe when Janine gets in here, we can ask her that question. I, w- I would be interested to hear uh, what she has to say but (laughs) (laughs) oh everyone take a drink okay ben i think ben Ben, roasted look here's the thing though ben's from san antonio the joke's right there you know what i mean i could end it at that sentence right there ben's from san antonio but uh what the other thing i wanted to get to again this friday september the 11th that's going to be the pay-per-view action and i want to bring in our guest here momentarily coming from the undercard of that event on friday well, let's look at the singles bracket real quick, where we are in this singles tournament, because there's a lot of interesting things that have occurred over the past few weeks since you and I last spoke, Jen, coming off of the Jericho-Kevin Smith match. But look at this. We have Jeff Snyder, who's waiting on his next opponent, but Mark Riley, Perry Nimroff upsets uh, Mike Kalinowski, Tom Jader Paramo, Eric Zipper still waiting on his opponent, Lon Harris still waiting on his opponent, but Brendan Meyer versus Mark Andreco might be one of my most anticipated here in round 
number two. And then Liz Shannon Miller walked through Ray Rachel Silvestrini. Pretty crazy. So, yeah, no one spoiled the chat. In the chat, don't spoil it. Barbarian <laughs> on his opponent, which that match did air today, William Bibiani versus James White. Neither Jen or I have seen it, so we're not going to spoil it for you yet. We're going to watch it right after this because – And know, don't spoil it for us, guys, okay? I'd be, like, real-life hot. I'm like, uh, I, I, yeah, I just, I just don't want to hear that. But, but what um, would you be hotter at that, or when Ben wouldn't stop putting comments up when we were trying to interview Tom last time? <laughs> I don't know if I will ever be hotter than when Ben Bateman. Uh, ben, uh, your got hair, him. your hair gel was melting. You were so mad. <laughs> First of all, it's a pomade. Let's get it right. <laughs> Second of all, I was a little, I was a little toasty. <laughs> I was a little toasty, but um, uh, what what out of the first round stood out to you? For me, Mark Andreco looked really, really good. I like him versus Brendan Meyer going into round two, but I think Chance Ellison versus Liz Shannon Miller is a really interesting question mark. Chance Ellison has been phenomenal this entire year. He ran the gambit on, on one tournament, the IG tournament, beating his partner, Mike Kalinowski. Then they team up, win the team's titles from Dan and John, and then now here he finds himself in the second round of the Ultimate Showdown tournament. But Liz Shannon Miller, she's one of those players who is sneaky good. You kind of forget about her, and then you're like, oh, yeah, she beat JTE, and she almost got a number one contender shot. This girl actually comes to play, and she's of that Ethan Irwin variety. The all exactly. Well, that's who brought her into the league. That's yeah. who brought her into the fold was Ethan Irwin. And so it's like, why on earth would you ever sleep on someone that Ethan thought was good enough to come and play the game? The match, though, that stood out to me the most was the one that had the biggest implications in terms of losing points. And for me, that was Mike Kalinowski, Perry Nemiroff. I am completely shocked at the outcome of that match. I feel like a lot of us are, but that means we shouldn't have been sleeping on Perry. You know, like we shouldn't have been thinking that this was going to be an easy matchup for Mike because it just goes to show you, look at the level of upsets we've had this 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 go around this year, this season has been incredibly unpredictable. Even those matches that you thought were gimmies, you're just like, whoa, huh, okay, all right. People are being put on notice, but Mike, you know, obviously he, he took the most loss in points in terms of, I think he bet on himself. And unfortunately that just didn't work out in his favor this time around because he was hoping he was going to be able to get those extra points for corruption. Yeah. I mean, that was his whole plan of opting out of that number one contenders match or the opportunity to face Ben Bateman. And really it circumvented everything. And that's what led us to our main <laughs> event for this Friday. But, with um with Mike Kalinowski turning it down, we did get to see Ben Bateman versus Andrew Guy too, and boy did we see a lot. <laughs> um, <sighs> what was your <laughs> reaction to what we saw in that match? I I think that there look. Andrew Guy is one of the best performers in this league. Uh, he his his record doesn't necessarily jive with that analysis, but. In terms of being an entertaining performance in this league, I feel like it's very, very hard to top people like Andrew Guy or even like a video Drew, someone that is so committed, or Tom, someone that is so yeah. committed that they are able to stay in character while playing. And I just feel like sometimes uh, you get lost in the gimmick. And that's where we're at with Guy. You know, I, I think Guy's really got to find himself sooner than later in in terms of this because it's just not looking good don't ever get lost in the sauce right? <laughs> never get lost in the sauce it's so easy to do but i think that you're right i think that some people can can ultimately perform 
but it might take away from the skill of the game like a like an Andrew guy. And then if on the flip side of that, Ben Bateman in that match, he didn't have a whole lot of moxie. He didn't have a whole lot of character. You know, I, di- I didn't feel the boss coming through the screen, but what I saw was a perfect game, missing nothing. Every opportunity he had to get points, he got points, which really, really makes me even that much more intrigued in this match with, with Dan Merle. Because if you can go perfect, even though it's Andrew Guy, and I feel like it, his performance is being overlooked based upon Andrew Guy's performance, be it in the game itself and on the stage of the movie Tribute Schmodown. But Ben Bateman performed to an umpteenth degree. And I really, I really think that him and Dan is going to be so razor thin, but Dan need not overlook the man who lost as, you know, as part of who's the boss to Shazam, who got knocked out. Don't look at that Ben Bateman. Look at the Ben Bateman we have right now, but Hey, Jen, I want to talk more about this, but we do have our undercard guest here to join us right now. We talked about him. One is named simply the war father. The other one is Janine. <laughs> the machine. <laughs> Hazar and hello. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to begin. But I want to ask, I guess I both you do. You're the host. I am the host. Thank you, Warfather. Janine, I start with you though. How do you feel going into this Friday? It's been it's been a season, right? It's been yeah. a season. You thought your season was over. Am I wrong, Janine? Uh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't sure if teams was gonna happen. We're still trying to figure that out. Um, you know, if guy can't find his way out of the Shmominati, I'm you know on standby to reunite time machine. So, you know, we'll see what's going on with that. But yeah, I was pretty much kind of gonna take a step back from singles for the rest of the season. Uh, but when I got the call up, I, I couldn't say no. So <laughs> and then and then what about you, Warfather? I mean, we saw you earlier this season. You 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 got a W for your team. Um, did you enjoy the prospect of taking on a machine? Oh, yes. In many of my travels and battles, I have faced beasts and gods. I've never taken on a machine. That's why when I got the email, I get electronic mail sometimes, that this <laughs> bout was going to happen. I just, I, I just felt giddy in my toes and my fingertips. Mighty Schmobash vibrated in excitement. And it was fantastic and wonderful. So I eagerly await testing my metal against a woman of metal. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you see, you seem to think that we'd be impressed that you that you get email. That thing has its own Wi-Fi. I mean, is that 5G? <laughs> Wi-Fi? We'll talk about this off camera. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm bewildered. Anyways, Brad, go on. Yes, I'm sorry. I, I'm <laughs> by the warfather a little bit. I mean, I'm just, let's talk about. Let's talk. Are about, you a Dapper Dan man? I, I, uh, yes. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just say excited. yes, Brad. I and just move see along. your gel-based pompadour just strike up whenever whoa, I speak. Whoa, man. I don't, hey, brother, I don't we wish said to... it's a pomade, man. Listen, man, it's a pomade. Okay, doesn't matter. Let's go to Janine. Though. Janine. Um. The, how would you so far, if you had a letter graded for for your how you think that your season has gone thus far? Because um, you, like you said, you didn't expect to be back in the in singles at all this year. Now you have this opportunity. But what would you letter grade yourself? Um, I would go with a C, C plus for effort. <laughs> um, Riley was a really tough loss. Um, you know, I've been doing this for three years now with not a lot to show for it, but I always put in so much work. 
So, you know, it's been really frustrating for me. And when, you know, I come in for another match, you know, that frustration is amplified by the fandom telling me all the things I already know about my record and, um, you know, how I play and, you know, my uh, weeks round threes. And, you know, when that gets amplified like that constantly, you kind of just need to take a minute and reevaluate things. So I was really kind of excited to delve into inner geekdom. Um, and I had a blast with that. Uh, and that loss didn't feel as hard as a singles loss because it was something completely new for me. It was a new challenge. Um, and I was excited to potentially, you know, just delve into teams again because I really loved doing that. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's been rough. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely go with a C plus because, you know, I always put that effort there, but I'm just not quite to an A yet. So <laughs> Janine, when you say that you struggle a lot in, in round three, and that's something that, that you're, you're criticized for, is it, does it put pressure on you to try to put the match away early and just get in your own head? Um, yeah, I think that's something I definitely deal with. Uh, once I get to the kind of that point, I do get in my own head and I think that's cost me, you know, I maybe don't listen as clear as I should. I don't, you know, focus on context clues like I should. Um, I miss things because I just kind of get that stigma about it. Uh, but playing someone like the Warfather, I'm ready to just have fun. Like I'm not even thinking about <laughs> records. I'm not even thinking about numbers on a scoreboard. I'm just ready to have fun. So I no, mean, how can you not be when right? he shows up wearing that hat, right? Exactly. Well, you know, the barbarian and I had a discussion over some ale the other day. And he pointed out to me that in singles bouts, half of the competitors lose. So who cares really about, of course you care about the record, but at the same time, you have a 50-50 chance of losing even if you go to the last question or stop in the middle. I just wish and I hope that on Friday we just have this great glorious battle. You and your circuitry flying everywhere and my godly yeah. blood flying across the screen. Maybe I'll lose a tooth or three. It will be glorious. Are you ready to have fun, Janine? Yeah. I am ready. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was epic. Um, that was epic. Um, you know, Warfather, uh, dare I ask, you were yes, master. You were you were mentioned in a in a. Um, do you know what? Do you know what Twitter is? Are you aware of Twitter? Uh, that's a bird-based communication device. Yes. Yes, one hundred percent. Very apt description. That's accurate. So you were mentioned on Twitter by a man named Christian Harloff. You know, he kind of organizes everything. He, oh he's yes, these lamps, right? <laughs> Lord okay. Harloff, indeed. Right. He said that he put up a poll to see if people would be interested in you. Battling Chris Jericho, who just made his debut. I thought it was Kevin Smith, really? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Kevin Smith. I'm sorry. You're right, Jen. Sorry. Kevin Smith. Thank you for the correction. Are you battling Kevin Smith next in the movie Trivia Schmodown? Do you like that prospect? Are you aware of Jay and Silent Bob? Clerks, are these on your radar? I'm aware of uh Silent Jason. Well, no, not Silent Jason. He talks a lot. Uh verbal Jason and Quiet Robert. I am very well aware of the two. And I would love to face the La Rila Lisatur, Kevin Smith, in a schmodown contest. We could test beards. We could test metal. And, you know, it, it'd be nice for the Warfather to make an appearance on Masters of the Universe. For I am a master of my own! <laughs> 
Oh, but I, I, I was saying before you guys joined us that a lot of times when rookies come into the league, there's like that adjustment period, you know, where um, you're, you're trying to find your place where you fit in. And there's always a, a learning curve in terms of learning the strategy of the game. And you two have kind of come in and just seamlessly fit into the community. Um, Janine, look, you know, I don't hide it from you. I say it, I say it to you all the time where I say a rookie has never impressed me the way that you have impressed me, the way that you came into this league and handled all of the pressures that come with performing live, especially at your live event in uh, in Brooklyn. Was it two years ago now? God, where does the time yeah. go? <laughs> almost, um, yeah. almost two years. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just been fascinating watching your development in this league. And like I said before, I don't feel like either of your records – really show the kind of competitor that you guys are. And I feel like in a year from now, when we're talking to you both, you two are essentially a main event. Like that's just how both of you thank feel you. in terms of the level of competitor you both are. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate oh, yeah. that. <laughs> no, I mean, I started as a fan and I still feel like I'm a fan. Like I love watching these matches. I love these competitors. Um, so I, you know, I have a lot of respect for the fandom because I feel like I am still kind of a part of it in, in many ways. So I think that's helped me kind of going forward and how I look at the game. How has your manager been preparing you for this? Obviously, like we said, it, it's a different format than you guys are both used to playing. It's this digital world that we are now living in. Warfather, I don't believe you've competed in this realm before. Have you? Uh, I was uh, in a playing match against Greg oh, yeah. Alboff in the Inner Geekdom uh, division yeah. that we don't need to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a sore subject. No, it's not a problem. I, oh. I, I literally do not care. <laughs> but so how have your managers been preparing you for essentially your first, like your singles match in this realm? Um, just kind of paying attention to listening to questions. Like I've been playing along with matches in the singles tournament. I've been watching kind of old matches and trying not to look at the screen, just trying to listen to the question because that's a big thing. When you play along with at home, you can read the question and that kind of, I think, plays into, you know, you knowing it yeah. and answering it. I think it's a mm -hmm. good strategy to kind of look away and just listen and work on listening because that's very important, especially with this new kind of format. So that's something big I've, um, we've been working on is just really listening. That is so true. I hadn't even thought about yeah. that. I think that that what you're speaking of, essentially, it, it equates to how your brain takes in information, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And so you apparently are a lot like me, where I'm like, I need to see it in yeah. writing. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm like, come again? What? Yeah. I would use so many JTEs. Like, yeah. And I consider myself a good listener. It's just not how my brain best processes information, especially yeah. under under stressful circumstances where I'm yeah. like, I need to be able to read it and then read it again. I've learned that by playing uh, Jackbox games and stuff yeah. with Emma over the summer where I'm just like, anything that had a time constraint on it, I was just yeah. like, what? The oh, pressure, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, well, when it comes to my strategy, uh, my war advocate, Ken Knapsack, just threw a boar a dead boar right in front of my door. And as I consumed it, he just read off the film of one Angela Bassett. And that has been uh, very helpful because I'm able to, to pick out all of the things as I hear myself munch upon muscle and gristle of that mighty beast. Well, th there you go. I haven't that heard wild boar and he was like, I'm in, what's up? Yeah, well, what? <laughs> where, where? Uh, okay, other than the question of obviously that comes after that is why doesn't Angela Bassett age? I go to you, Janine, about the 
this match, what, where do you, what is for you, what's on the line for it? Because the usual suspects, if we can throw the graphic up real quick, then of where the usual suspects. We don't need to do that. We don't need to pile on. But if we can, um, y'all aren't in first. We'll say that. Um, you're, you're not in first place. And the points are, there's a, there's a pretty big disparity there. Um, so when I, when I ask you what's on the line in this match, obviously points are always on the line. But for you and for your team, what's on the line for this match on Friday? Honestly, like we're last place. My record is not great. If I lose, my record will still not be great. So honestly, I really have nothing to lose, which is just going to make me a little bit more scary. So uh, I think that's just something you should look out for. Because, yeah, I'm kind of going into in the mindset of I really don't have anything to lose at this point. So well, I'm not really faced by much. <laughs> Pardon, but I will counter that by saying I am in second to last place. <laughs> my record is also not amazing. Oh my god. And I'm always dangerous. Sorry, I had to let that I had to let that kind of to fade away for a second. Oh, but I was gonna say a, a lot of people were father speculating whether or not the Droogs will even exist next season. There's definitely been some rumors uh that one of the factions that? what's that? That's a, it's a thing. It's a rumor on the internet. On the Twitter. Mm. On the bird bird. <laughs> Okay, uh, Brad, take anyway, it from here. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> well, well, you know what? I think I think that we're, we're about to move on. So I just – y'all are going to face one another. It's been very friendly and very fun, fun between the two of you. We've been smiling. We've been laughing. We've been joking. But both of you, let me get your prediction. Warfather, I start with you, dare I. Um, what is your prediction for this match on Friday, September the 11th, live pay-per-view? Uh, get tickets at theshowdownlive.com, of course. What is your prediction for this Friday against in your match against the Machine? I always want to win, so I'm going to bet on me. That's kind of it's kind of weird to ask such a question. It's going to be a great match. Like I said, circuitry, teeth, all that. But I believe in the end, I will raise Schmobash in victory. Janine, what do you want to say to the Warfather uh, going into your match on Friday? Um, just be ready. I'm not taking you lightly. I'm ready to have fun. Um, and in the words of the wise Wesley Snipes, always bet on black. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Have no counter argument. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Janine, by the way, Janine's one of the P-Square boys, so always rep for the P-Square. Yes. Right Her voice for life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, thank y'all both for joining us to your match on Friday. It should be interesting. September 11th this Friday. Get your tickets at theshmodownlive.com. Pay-per-view. You're going to see these two. These two go at it. Bash, machines, and teeth, and wild boars thrown at houses and eaten for consumption. You're going to see them this Friday, so make sure you go do it. Warfather Janine, I appreciate y'all so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the time. Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> All right, huzzah! That happened. What um? What do you think's gonna happen? That's what I want. Because here's the thing: Warfather's a lot of fun. I enjoy him. Mach Machine is a competitor's competitor, and what I mean by that 
is she studies, she prepares, she's ready, she goes in with strategy, she's motivated. Seems like Warfather just wants to, you know, eat a turkey leg and have a good time. <laughs> Which is great, you know, if he's going with you to Universal Studios or something like that. But it's not necessarily the attitude you want your competitor to be walking in with, unless they're one of those people that just plays well when they're just having fun and there's no pressure. But that said, it's been really weird watching the usual suspects struggle this year because you'd feel like with a leader like Sam Levine, you know, and, and potentially, you know, with Rachel in their back pocket in terms of resources, it's like, it's just odd to me that they've struggled as much as they really have. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's, it's weird because when Sam was the general manager or, or, or he was the general manager or commissioner, I think he was commissioner for, for the, for a portion of the league last year, you know, we didn't see him that often. And I wonder if his absence, because working on his other projects, he was doing a lot of conventions. He was doing DC Daily. He was doing all these all these things. I wondered if his absence kind of, you know, dulled his ability to coach within the movie Trivia Schmodown. Because you know, Jen, if 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 you're not in this and thinking about this on a twenty four seven, a three sixty five basis, you're going to slack in your ability as a player. Now, if you're slacking your ability as a player, I would think that your ability as a coach would decrease even the, even more so because you're not constantly thinking like a player. And I think that, that that could have lent itself both with Sam and Rachel because Rachel stepped away as well. I think that could have potentially lended itself to why the usual suspects are in last place after getting a phenomenal pickup in free agency in Ethan Irwin when they did that trade. Great pickup. And it just hasn't produced. They still have the singles tournament. Ethan's in it. They still have the teams tournament. We're not exactly sure if Andrew Guy's going to be playing with Ethan Irwin or Janine. I think she just dropped a little exclusive on us. It looks like there's conversations within the usual suspects that we're going to get to see Janine and Ethan Irwin team up once again. It could be phenomenal, honestly. It could be phenomenal. And I want to see them play more. I don't, that's one of those teams, again, that I just feel like never got the momentum that needed to keep going. But it's like, you know all the components for a great team up are there. They fill each other's gaps in terms of lack of knowledge, you know, where where Janine is really strong, Ethan may struggle, and vice versa. And so it's just like uh, the idea that the time machine may come back, I'm really, really excited for. Uh, but like I said, it's just been it's just been a very odd I when that team was announced and it yeah. was announced that Sam was gonna be the manager, I was like, well. There's the Thin Stock Exchange main competition. And it hasn't turned out that way. But like you said, Ethan being in that singles tournament, I see him being one of those people that's going to go really, really deep in the tournament. You know, uh, God willing, knock on wood. Um, Lord knows I've shaken this table enough um, since the show started. So sorry about that, guys. But I do feel like uh, this could be, if Janine gets this win, this could be the turning point, the, the momentum that the usual suspects needed to get some points and get back in the standings. Will they yeah. get all the way up to first? I don't know. I, it's it's It would have to be such a crazy tear. But now that we've got teams coming up as well and the singles tournament starting, anything's possible. Anything's possible. I'd, I'd love if Frankie Numbers was watching so he could tell us the math on it. But I also <laughs> wonder if, okay, because Sam's a sports guy. And if he's thinking, you know, there's not a conceivable way forward. And I know there's a draft coming up. And typically in a draft, the worst team gets the first pick. So I wonder how much of this is Sam Levine playing for next season and saying, hey, let me just let me just tank. It. Let me just tank. You know, By the way, me- Frankie Numbers says, do your own math, Bradley. <laughs> so, 
you know, that's actually funny. I was going to go off on Frank, but I actually enjoy Frank a lot. We had our 200th episode this last oh, Saturday. Congratulations. Thank you, Jen. Um, and I'm I was going to say, uh, in terms of discounting the Warfather, you should never discount the Warfather or, or his strength in terms of his play or his physicality, because um, anybody that doesn't know this, that hammer he carries around is actually very, very real. I have footage of me trying to hold it, and it didn't work out well. Ben, do we have that? So this is footage of the Warfather and Jin. Uh, and um, Warfather, War Daddy. Oh, um, yes. Uh, War Daddy. War Daddy. Uh, here, you, you can hold, hold this, please. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea how heavy that thing was. Was it actually that heavy? <laughs> yes. What? Okay. Yes. I, thought, I thought this was just a stellar acting performance by one Jen Starcher. So that. Anyway, but but we are looking forward to this match on Friday, and the and that's the undercard again. That is the Warfather taking on Janine the Machine in our undercard. We'll see what the strategy is for the. Usual sus. Look at this. <laughs> oh, look at that. Beautiful. Oh, my God. Let's see it one more time. One more time. We're going to hand the hammer over. This is in super slow-mo. I like. am worthy. I am worthy. Everyone's saying I'm not. F's in the chat for me, guys. F's in the chat. <laughs> Let's see it. Here's the transfer. And <laughs> what is he playing? He's slowing it down even more. Oh, <laughs> you are not worthy. That is great. I actually really do enjoy that. Oh my god! So shout out to the Warfather. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what goes down on this Friday. Uh, again, that is the undercard match for our main event. And speaking of main events, we previewed it mm -hmm. a little bit earlier. We talked about it. We conversated about it, which I found out last year is not a word, but we did discuss it. And now we welcome the two combatants going in there this Friday. For the movie trivia showdown singles championship, you have one of the greatest of all time. Uh, well, the greatest of all time, Dan Merle. I'm distracted by her cat. There is Dangerous Dan Merle. I wasn't ready for him to come in, but there he is. Dangerous Dan Merle in the FSU hat and the flannel rocking it. And, of course, his opponent, a man he's all too familiar with. They share a, a faction together, and they shared the stage with each other back in Atlanta. He has been the boss, Bateman. How y'all doing, guys? Doing good. How What's going you? on? How you doing, champ? Oh, good. How about you, champ? We all we call each other champ. Good man. What you do? <laughs> <laughs> what it's you a mutual sign like of our respect, faction, you know. Yeah. Yeah, a yeah. lot of champs, a lot of champs around here. I'm doing good. I'm I'm excited. You know, uh, look, it's pretty hot in LA. I still put on a jacket for you guys. <laughs> uh, I feel like the, <laughs> we're all black. It's not comfortable, but you know what? We're in work mode, so that's what we're doing. I thought you'd go full Gucci and wear the the jacket, but no shirt, just to like let it all breathe right. a little bit, you know. Collar flipped I up. Think I, I think I would have made my faction mate uncomfortable if I had come on here doing the full the full Cuba Gooding and, and Jerry Maguire. I think, what the hell is going on with this oh match? Oh, my God. Ben, you, obviously, you know, uh, there's there's been a lot of talk since your match with Who's the Boss and just, you know, how that obviously was just a turn of events that you were not looking, you know, you didn't see that one coming. Um, yep. How has that match inspired you moving forward in terms of your preparation for this match against your teammate? Well, you know, it's interesting when you're playing against anybody but Dan, there's all this stuff that goes into it with mind games. And, you know, uh, I've channeled all that frustration, all that anger, all that. I won't use the word hatred because I think it's a little too intense back onto William Bibiani uh, because I can't focus that on Dan Merle. 
because nobody mm -hmm. can focus that on Dan Merle. I have too much respect for Dan Merle. So I'm, um, you know, all of all that gets out and and will not distract me. It will be nowhere to be found in this match. Uh, it's all focused on the beast, um, you know, and he moves on so he can handle it. Um, We've noticed you're goes, normally you're normally quite the um, the talker. You're quite the uh, the wordsmith in terms of getting in your opponent's head. And we've just seen a much more focused, less bossy Ben Bateman, I guess you could say. Look, I, I just think there's there's only one competitor in the whole league that, that demands that out of him when they play. And that's Dan. And and look, he's on my faction. So uh, worst case scenario here. And, and I don't pull this thing off, which I. I already guaranteed isn't going to happen, but in that mythical land, uh, it's Dan and he gets to retain it. We still keep it as the, as the faction. So it's kind of a win-win for us. And, and we all do function as a faction. You know, we, we, we've spoken about, uh, different outcomes and different configurations of management. And I think we're all on the same page about that particular aspect of things, but my preparation is the same as it's always been. I'm focused. I got embarrassed. I didn't like that. That was, uh, that wasn't a good feeling for me. So, um, you know, it'll, that'll never happen again. It's all I can really say. Especially because, you know, for the longest time, it seemed you were kind of the guy that everyone said, yeah, he gets almost there and he never gets the belt. So when you finally won yeah. the belt, it was obviously we were all excited, really excited for you. I remember backstage that day uh, after Spectacular and just the fact that you you only had it for such a short time before losing it to Dan. It's got to be one of those heartbreakers. It was, I think that's a, that's the understatement of the year. Uh, you know, but, but again, if I said this on stage, right. When you, when you guys asked me and the truth of the matter is if you want to be on the level of somebody like truthfully, Dan and, and others in our factions, if I want to be on the level of, of the Rokas and the Rileys of the world, you know, these all-time players, there's, there's more than just a one X in front of any championship. You can't mm -hmm. be a one-time champ and get up to that. You know, uh, so you got to lose it and win it back. If you want to be a two-time champ, a three-time champ. And, uh, that's what I'm going to do. So like they say, uh, Ben, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that's, a, that's enough for me. I actually want to hear what Dan's doing here. I want to hear kind of what, what he's thinking. <laughs> that's I, well, you'd love to know that's what I'm, what I'm here for. You, I love you'd you. You'd love guys. to know what I'm doing. Wouldn't you, Ben? <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling <laughs> well, you. <laughs> well, what's great about y'all's dynamic is that first off your match earlier this year in Atlanta, I've said many times, I think is maybe the greatest match I've ever seen. And it was my favorite personal match I've ever witnessed. Um, when, and you know, it was just the vibe in Atlanta was so off the charts, but, but in this digital format, Dan, I've noticed you have really kind of, you've gone more into strategy. You've gone more into code names, code words, and it seems as though you've also gone into mind games a little bit more. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but you seem to be a very confident champion and you're using all tools at your availability to get Brad, you're yeah. stirring the pot let's I keep this not. real you well, are you no, I, are don't even pretend i some of it is uh, we is necessity like for example with the betting round that's where the code words have come into play it's because it's the necessity of the format is i value being able to have input from my manager or, or whomever's managing me at that uh, during that particular match on what i should bet and the reality of the format is if we want to talk about that we have to talk about that in the open Obviously, I don't want my my opponents to hear what I'm thinking. So we have to come up with some kind of a code word or something because otherwise I don't get that benefit of, of, of having the advisor in that role. Um, I don't really know if I played any mind games. I don't I don't think about playing mind games. I, I mean, I do miss there is particularly when you're the defending champion, there is 
prior to a few years ago, in my opinion, uh, there was this thing about the office of the president. And just like one of the advantages is you get to use the office. Like the office is like its own advantage. And, and I feel like if you're, especially if you're walking into a live event with a belt on your shoulder, there is an intimidation factor that goes with that. Just walking in and the crowd and the, the, I just feel like, the, and you don't, you don't, you miss that. I miss that. I miss that. You know, I feed off that energy. And so um, I, I don't know if it's Are you telling games, me your but... cats aren't going to be super jazzed of you walking into the room to play with your belt on your shoulder? <laughs> They're indifferent no matter if I have a belt or if I don't have a belt. They don't care. They're like, oh, no, he's doing it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's you know, it, it, if there's any difference in my demeanor and if I'm having to play, it's because there's just there is there is a difference in energy when you're sitting at home and doing it and you know and I don't even have Mara in the room because you know she's always watching in a different room because we want to make sure that nobody has any reason to you know call that's the other thing is like you have to be so careful about what you do where are your hands where are your eyes where because if if you're not it's there's just so much other stuff to keep track of that I I would I can't imagine a player who would say that it has not changed their demeanor or how they play the game, because it's completely different than the way any of us are used to playing. Can I ask you though, Dan, do you play the, do you play the game or do you play the man when you're the defending champion? Because you've done this, you've become the champion so successfully. I mean, you've been the champion so successfully over all these years. Do you just go in there and say, I'm going to play my Dan Merle game? Or do you go in there and say, okay, I know, I know Ben Bateman. I know, I know about Ben Bateman. I'm going to play the man a little bit more in this one. Uh, my personal thing is I play the player before the game and I play the game during the game. I like that. I like that. I think that's pretty informative. Ben, I, same question to you. I mean, well, it's kind of an obvious one. You're, you're known as one of the best strategy guys in the game today. Um, what did you learn after your first encounter for the title with Dan in, in Atlanta that you're going to take into this match about yourself? Uh, I think what I learned about that, you know, you, you go back to last year and I think about the run that I went on and the players I beat and it's a lot of really great players. It's players who are, are doing things now and players I have a lot of respect for, but there's also a different tier of, of veterans and legends um, and title holders. And, and so I knew because I didn't have to beat any of, I did beat Bibiani and he is, he is a legend in that sense. He was a title holder. And so beating him was, was a big step, but in terms of the dance, the Rokas of the world, I, I consider Irwin, you know, a, a very kind of unstoppable player. There's players like that, that I needed to be able to show myself. I could go toe to toe with. And I think that was why Atlanta for me showed me something about myself as a player. I knew going into spectacular, it's just, you know, Pollyama's admitted to being spooked on stage uh, in that match. And I think it's because the, the, the moment got to him, but that's because Paul had defended, you know, one time he's a young kid. He was a fan. I mean, Dan is the guy he was a fan of. So like that's, it's, it's a whole different deal. So going toe to toe with Dan in, in, in Atlanta for me, everything came together. The strategy came together. I was down in round one. I was able to come back. I executed in the speed run, all the things I knew I was going to be able to bring into that match. I did. And so obviously to lose in, in the way that I did was disappointing, but I think Dan and I both know, and we've talked about it. It's a coin flip at that point at the end of the match. It could have been, it could have been the same thing. It could have been a tough five or a question that one of us didn't know in, in, in sudden death. And that was the whole match. And so knowing that 
And knowing I can do that again is what I really learned from Atlanta. Because if you can do it against this guy, then who can't you really do it against? And that gives me a sense that I, I know I can do this, which is why ultimately uh, I guaranteed I'm going to win this match. Last it's, week. Kind of, it's kind of like Rocky at the end of Rocky 1, going into Rocky 2, go to facing Apollo. He knew he went the distance before. He just has to change one or two things, and maybe he can take down the unstoppable. But the thing that makes me laugh, because I feel like, History tends to repeat itself in the movie Trivia Schmodown. And we find ourselves here again, Dan and, and Ben, to where we're in the week of a championship match between the two of you. And I haven't heard any clear confirmation on the managerial uh, managerial <laughs> aspect of this yeah. match. I don't know. Is it is it Gucci? Is it every man for themselves? Like, is this like when like you fight and your mom's just like, I don't want anything to do with this. Leave me out of it. <laughs> or is it more like, don't make me turn this car around. He doesn't want you guys going against each other in that regard and just play your own games. I mean, it's a good problem to have <laughs> that your manager has two people in a title match uh, to happen twice in one season. I, that's not a bad problem, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's <laughs> curious that we're, we, we all were scheduled. We were scheduled with Bobby Gucci for this uh, for this spot, and he's nowhere to be found. Um, now, I don't think that that's intentional, but... I don't have any confirmation on what's happening to you, Dan. I have not received official confirmation. No. <laughs> so we don't know which, I mean, we don't know if it's going to be a similar situation as last time. If you'll have maybe, you know, appointed managers for the evening or. I, just, I assumed uh, the precedent was set during the finals of the IG tournament. As far as digital goes that the, that Shannon managed both players. So I, I was operating under the assumption that that was the precedent, but no alternatives have been proposed to me. It's a tough situation if you think about it, because, you know, and I, and I reviewed that match to be just so I kind of understood what was really being expected here. And nothing happened in that match. There was there was no controversy. So there isn't really any finger to point. Shannon actually was great. I really felt like she managed both guys uh, supportively. She wanted them to both play a great game. And that was kind of what we got. They had a real camaraderie with each other. It doesn't feel so different than what the situation we have here. It's just that when you have five rounds and singles, it's hard to imagine if the matches does not go as perfectly as that. If it starts to go one way or the other in an early round, if it starts to tilt, What's the manager supposed to do? Encourage the person who's winning, support right. the person who's losing, encourage the person who's losing with better strategy than they're giving the winner. I don't I don't know what you would do in that situation. So that's kind of where the confusion comes. That's yeah, that's the thing is like if we're at the end of the round two and Ben's up like 14 to five, like what's Gucci do is he's like, Ben, you're kicking his ass, man. You're doing great. You're a champion. Go finish this. Dan, you're a champion. You're, you can come back from this. Just take it round by like that is it's an awkward situation. What do you do? Uh, who knows? Uh, we both been careful. We we we've both been careful to not share any strategy uh, in terms of preparation or tactics yeah. with Gucci, because we don't know how this is going to go. So I can't have Gucci knowing what I'm doing against Dan if Gucci has to manage us both and he's going to try to use strategy because it's the same reason Dan can't share what. Yeah. Like I just can't do that. That's 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 irresponsible. So I I really don't know what's going to happen with it. Does that affect your relationship for either of you at all with Gucci going forward? You know what I mean? Like in terms of if you, if either of you feel slighted by his management in this match, is that something we have to worry about? Because listen, I don't feel like there has been a faction quite like the Finns doctor exchange in terms of power. And I just being a wrestling fan and I feel like Brad knows where I'm going with this. 
this has all of the makings of the mega powers exploding if this goes wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't feel, I, w- I don't feel slighted. Uh, it's more just like a case strategically, and I don't think this is giving anything away because I've talked about this many times before. I love having the uh, one of my favorite things about having a manager is I love having that um, person to bounce things off of. That person to say like, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this. What do you think about that? Hey, they need the wheel slices. Um, what, what do you think about these two? And getting that person. Now, I have other other people that I can uh, consult. Um, I have a wonderful teammate in John Roca, who I'm, I am very happy to consult with. And he's very helpful to me. And I consult him anyways. You know, I'll, I'll talk to Gucci and, and John. Obviously, John was in my corner in Atlanta. Uh, but I do like having that manager there as your sounding board, at knowing that, you know, they've got your interest. They want you to win the game. Um, I, I don't know how that dynamic works if they're managing both. I, re- I really don't. I don't know how it works. Is this maybe the fact that Guji hasn't shown up possibly like him, rec- like re- basically washing his hands of this and essentially turning it over to your teammates? If you to told potentially- me that- if you told me that Gucci was like doing the dinner show at a casino in Prim, Nevada right now, uh, <laughs> I'd believe you. I mean, the one I don't with know. The, uh, the one with the roller coaster on the outside, for sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure. He looks like, like the guy that trusts a roller coaster on the side of the interstate. For it's like sure. being managed by a hurricane. You don't know when he's going to blow in or blow out. You know he's going to get there eventually, but you can't put a time on it. <laughs> But yeah, is that he's, something he's, that you guys have potentially discussed? You know, Dan, you and uh, you being managed by Roca and Riley managing you, Bateman. Well, truthfully, Dan and I discussed it yesterday um, because I don't think that there's actually a better. There aren't better people to discuss that than the two of us. Uh, the problem with that situation, as I expressed to Dan, is I don't think it does any service to our manager uh, who has, you know, has worked hard to be in the position he's in to have those guys as the focal points in between rounds. I think it kind of counts out the greatest manager of all time. And I think if it's, you know, Gucci on one of our sides and say Riley or Roca on the other, I think you, you lose a tremendous advantage because in digital, the actual knowledge to challenge a question is what the greatest value of a manager is because there's less personal face to face time. So uh, there's not really a perfect situation for any of, of these, these scenarios. For me, I look at it and I think, you know, I think Dan and I pretty comfortably know our stuff. I think we're, we're obviously the ones who got ourselves here. And so I'm happy and comfortable challenging my own things and having Gucci to just sort of bounce ideas off of. That would be I, what feels normal. Obviously, that's what Christian wants. That's the way that things are supposed to go now. But I'm also open to any scenario. I do want to point out, just because I, I'm sure there'll be follow-up to this conversation and I'm sure Gucci is going to call me in 20 minutes something like that. Uh, but in Atlanta, I had the same contention that I didn't think, I didn't like the idea, of, right? Really? I lost that fight. Even though I was, who was that? What? What was that? What was that? I don't what know. Was that? was that Gucci? Is he hiding in the, in the wings? What it's sounding a lot like. Sorry, that was, that was my computer. In? Sorry about that. Oh. <laughs> oh, thank God. I was like, did we just get... I'd heard Zoom bombing was a thing, and I was like, but I didn't know it could happen on StreamYard. So I was yeah. just like, oh, no. Okay. I thought, it was I thought the cold meds I was on were just working overtime. I was like, oh, wow. I thought you were working. It like Finstock. Yeah. Doing like a voiceover. Like, hey, oh. What was that? It sounded like... This is what I want to ask you, though, Dan. Of course, you just beat Ethan Irwin. 
uh, in y'all's trilogy match, uh, you know, regained the championship. You lost the te- team's titles with John in, in that match against Corruption. Now you're battling Ben Bateman. It's a lot of matches in a very short amount of time, all for titles. It's a lot very of very high stakes. A lot, yeah, of, right. lot of stakes. A lot of stakes. But my question is to to go out there and defend your championship twice. Uh, once again, Ethan, and then beating Ben Bateman again. What what would that mean for you and for your legacy in the Schmodown? Um, I mean, I I I've, I've talked about the fact that, like I'm very secure in my legacy in the sense of like I don't feel like I need to prove myself or prove my position um, in the game. Right. There are personal things though, like it's not even just it's just that you know I I, I look at Frankie's numbers. Um, and, uh, so I see, uh, I, I see that there are certain, like, for example, um, you know, th- there are certain things that I'm closing in on as far as like wins and point totals and stuff like that, that obviously I would love as a personal achievement to be able to get closer to those records. I would love that. So that's not my primary focus, but anytime I can defend a belt against uh, a, a top flight opponent, um, of course, I mean, you know, it just sort of adds to to what I've done in the game. And, and I'm very proud of what I've done in the game. So it's not so much about like, I need to cement my legacy. I'm, I'm very comfortable with, with my position in the game, but it's also about, you know, I, I didn't, if you look at the first game I played against Ben, um, two rounds, I scored zero. Uh, I scored, I bet zero in the, in the betting round. I got no questions in the speed round. Um, and I was still able to come back and win that game. Despite that, obviously, I would love to be able to play Ben and play at a higher level. When it comes to the speed round, I blew it in the team's final. I mean, there's no there's no sugarcoating that I blew it. Um, I misheard a question. Um, I played it tight. I just didn't I didn't do well. So at this point, it's really me just kind of saying like, hey, I want to correct these mistakes. I want to do better. I want to be better. Um, And I think that's that's what drives a lot of people in the game. I think I, I want to add to that really quickly, Brad. And I know I know we're getting out of here in a minute, but something you point out here, Dan, is you played it tight or conservative um, with those decisions. But if you look at your history and you've played almost as many matches, if not as many as anyone, it's exactly that approach that has made you effectively the Tom Brady of the Schmodown. You've always, always delivered in those moments. And it's not because you bet three. And it's not because you aggressively go for speed rounds and it's not because you go for knockout categories and it's not because you respin. I, I mean, as somebody who's watched and done my research on everybody I've ever played, it's honestly the thing that's the most discouraging is that you don't go for knockouts. You just play exactly measured by a point every time. And somehow all those times you always come out one point ahead, which is why I use the, the comparison of Tom Brady, because it's not like, Brady's out there trying to set every record. He's just always delivering in the clutch moments. And so you playing tight in the matches, I don't look at that as like, oh, Dan's going to play tight and he's going to lose. I look at it as Dan's going to play tight. And that's the biggest challenge to play against is exactly that. Because very rarely does it backfire. I guess maybe when I say play tight, it's not necessarily conservatively because there's a couple times. I think in my title match against Oyama, I played it a little conservative. Um, I had a lead and I, I, I tried to protect it a little bit. And ultimately, I needed those points on the back end and didn't get them. So I think there's been times when it hasn't served me well. But um, when I say play tight, particularly with the speed round and the teams match, I just feel like it was it was a 30 second. It was a 30 second speed round. I hadn't really had a lot of practice with that. Um, and you can tell, like me mishearing that question when I, you know, I heard cop land. They said cop out. That's my brain working too fast. So when I say play tight, I think I was just playing a little 
in my head. I was playing a little mm -hmm. ratcheted up more than I should be. And so that's something that's a note that I give myself. That's a note I give myself for next time. You know, the two of you have a lot of respect for one another. That's obvious. But it, what's also obvious is y'all both want to win on Friday. And I'm excited to see these, again, mega powers collide, as Jim put so aptly, um, on Friday. Because I feel like this might be another match of the year contender. Uh, and I don't want to put any undue pressure on the two of you to go out there and give us a match of the year, but I really feel it in my bones that we're going to. Yeah, see sure, Brad. No pressure at all. I, I mean, not I'm like not. Me. I'm not even in this match, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm going to give this. I guess if all mine are matches, I, I, I guess that's another personal goal. It's just how about all my matches this year? Just that's the category of the award. Match of the year. It seems like where where we're heading, which, which sounds like great, but year. it's like taking years off my life. If we come down to overtime and five point questions, so like I, I mean, geez, TKOs were nice. I get it rarely, but it, uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, that that's what happens when you play at a higher level. Is you, your opponents are always there to play, and that's. I, I do miss the days back when I used to be kind of, you know, you just go out there and play and sometimes you'd, you'd be able to just walk out, walk off a little bit early. Yeah. Those days are gone. Those days are long gone. You know, I'm going to go in there on Friday and I'm going to give this match everything I possibly can. But the reality of this match is if it doesn't go my way, which won't happen, it could be the last match that I play this year, which ultimately could be the ma last match that I ever play with the Finstock exchange because he can only keep three people. And I think we all know there's a chance that who's the boss. Well, he guaranteed who's the boss isn't in the team's tournament. Uh, so there's a lot of pressure on me for this match. I'm putting on myself because I know what I want to do. And I also know that I wish I could play with these guys forever, but it's just not going to happen. Uh, this faction can only exist for so long, uh, just based on the rules that we have. So I hope we put on something special on Friday. I certainly plan to. Well, we're all going to be watching it this Friday again, uh, September the 11th. Dangerous Dan Merle defends his movie trivia showdown singles championship against Ben the Boss Bateman. It is the rematch, and it is live. The Schmodown Throwdown. Get your tickets at the theschmodownlive.com if you're not already a $10 up Patreon. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Ben. We're looking forward to seeing you all in the ring on Friday. I'm looking forward to fighting on Friday. Thanks, right. I'll see you in the ring, champ. See you then. And there they are. There There's they so were. So much respect between those two. They truly respect how one another plays the game. They do. They do. But I almost wonder if Ben's approach isn't let me be extra nice to kind of let make Dan. You let got that vibe down. too, where you I was like, this isn't Bateman. I was like, this isn't Bateman. I'm like, he's being like ultra nice. Like, there's no like. I don't know. I'm just used to a little bit more I, swag's the wrong word because you know you can't steal a gimmick, but I'm used to a little bit more of that um, that energy. Yeah, yeah. You know I, the kind of energy I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Kinetic uh, <laughs> energy from from Ben the Boss Bateman. I, I'm normally he's normally like a between a uh, between a Jake the Snake Roberts and a Macho Man. He's like an ultimate warrior. You know what I mean? He's mm -hmm. all the way up there with the energy. Sometimes, especially live. I remember when he. Uh, I think it was the betting round in Atlanta. He spun Tyler Perry, I believe, or he got spinner's choice and did Tyler Perry. And he ended up hitting the question and the, the release of jubilation from this grown individual dressed to the nines, wearing a scarf and sunglasses indoors in Atlanta, Georgia, mind you, he was so excited, 
right? And it, it just was this outburst, and you could tell how passionate he is about the game. So I that just was just him when the air conditioning kicked on, Brad. Oh, okay. we're all we're all in that place right now in Los Angeles. Yeah, I heard it's like 112 out there or something like that, or 109. Yeah, this is it is, hot? <laughs> It feels like a convection oven. <laughs> Like even the breeze, you're like, no, no, turn that off. That's terrible. <laughs> well, we're all looking forward to it. I'm excited. I'm again, I'm excited to see it. It's going to be another one of those great pay-per-views this Friday. But Jen, I think before we get out of here, we mm -hmm. should acknowledge the fact that you and I are going to be doing this on a more frequent basis with our new yes. show. Coming yes. up next. Coming up next. Because, um, you know, RIP boats and schmoes. <laughs> so <laughs> we're like, we have to keep it professional. But look, we're trying to bring you guys something that feels fun and feels fresh and feels very Brad and I, you know, uh, because we we just like to we like to interact with this community um, as much as humanly possible. So you're going to be seeing a lot more of us. You're going to be seeing a lot more um, ask of us in the Facebook group. So if you're not a member of that please go and sign up for that so that you can be in the know of all the things that are going on with all the new shows in the lineup because there's a lot of great programming coming up. Yeah, Winston Marshall with the Inner Geekdom show. We have Rachel Cushing as the new co-host of Schmodown Backstage. So excited for more of Rachel Cushing. Like, there is never enough Rachel Cushing in the Schmodown. Dan Merle, uh, I think, uh, uh, oh, man, it's the day. Man, I just all my movies? All my movies, yes. Thank you with Dan Merle. I want to call it Dan Loves Movies, but that's a, a <laughs> uh, all my movies with Dan Merle is going to be on Wednesdays. And on Thursday, it's going to be a packed hour, a uh, packed block of the movie trivia showdown because it is Jen and I coming up next. And you're going to have the movie trivia showdown proper. And then one on one with Christian Harloff, his interview show is all coming back. That's your SEN slate again coming up next. I'm excited. It'll always be boats and schmoes in my heart. <laughs> we should still get merch made, you know, like remember when only the cool, only the, it'll just be one of those things where it's like, if you know, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I saw this in the chat. How did, how, I don't know this. And I guess this might be a good place to end and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. How did you come to the Schmodown? How did you get involved with this community? How did I get involved yeah. with Schmodown? Oh God. Um, you know, I was I was approached by Christian about doing another show that didn't end up getting on the air. And he just liked the way I interacted with everybody and just felt like with all my years of, you know, working in sports and interviewing that this would just be something that I would naturally fall into. And then he was like, well, do you love movies? And I was like, of course I love movies. And, uh, you know, I, I it's so funny because could I ever compete in the Schmodown? No. My level of expertise, I am a very specific kind of player. Like, I feel like Josh Makuga and I could have an amazingly bad match, but it would be the most fun thing you've ever watched, which Christian Harloff, I'd be down to participate in something yeah, like that if you happen to be watching it. Uh, it would be the stupidest uh, game of trivia you've ever watched in your life. But my, my knowledge that I have in movies is very, very specific. Like, look, you saw me with those deep pulls when it came to Back to the Future. You were impressed. I am, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so that's how you – so Christian just plucked you and said th this is – that you're going to be she a gets of, sport. Yeah. She gets sports. She's got good comedic timing. She fits in here. And, you know, honestly, I, the, my first day on set happened to be, um, when, what is it? Um, late to the party played team action. And the minute they walked out and the minute team action walked out carrying a couch and then sat down on it and said, we're reacting. I was like, <laughs> Oh, I fit right in here. 
I was like, oh, I'm going to love every minute of this because there was just so much trash talk, but there was such a, a feeling of camaraderie backstage that I just, it felt like what I needed. You know, I needed that so much in my life because you go into so many gigs and you want them to feel like family and the Schmodown's always done that for me. Absolutely. And now you, we're going to get more Jen Sturger, what everybody wants in the Mucho Schmodown community uh, weekly. You and I. But uh, I was so, so blown away. By the way, if you guys are one of those people that voted to see more of me on the Facebook group, I'm beyond touch that this community has accepted me and champions me the way that you guys do because I could not do the things that I've done the past few years if it wasn't for all of you. So love you guys so, so much. We, Brad and I are so excited about this new show. It's yeah. going to be so awesome. And you guys are going to love every minute of it. So make sure that you set your calendars for it. Don't forget, tell a friend, bring a friend, invite everybody, uh, share it on your, share it on your Twitter, share it on your Facebook. Like let's make this a new thing. Yeah, I think that we will. We're excited about it, but we're also excited about all the great things coming up in the movie Trish Modown. Ben, let's throw that schedule up so we can see all the matches that we have again. This uh, well, this Monday was the preview special. Sorry, I thought that was the match. Uh, you saw William DeBeast Viviani take on James White in round one action in the Ultimate Schmodown. Tomorrow, the YouTube premiere, Ultimate Schmodown round one, you're going to see Paul Oyama taking on Marisol McKee. Winner plays Jeff Snyder. Irwin versus Vinnie Mancuso, go, Vinnie Mancuso excuse me, goes down this <laughs> Wednesday. And, of course, John Roca versus Adam Collins. A lot of talk about this match. John Roca seems... A bit nervous, not exactly sure if he's playing us or not, but John Roca is taking on Adam Collins this Thursday. And, of course, Friday, we've been talking about it all show long. Janine the Machine versus the Warfather goes down in the undercard in our main event for the second time this year alone. We're running it back. We are running it back. Run it back. Can I get a, can I get a great Scott? Great Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Because Dan, Dangerous Dan Merle defends his movie trivia Schmodown singles championship against the man he won it from, his fellow faction mate, Ben the Boss Bateman. All of that this week in the movie trivia Schmodown. Jen, it is always a pleasure. I, I'm looking forward to our new venture together, and it's going it's to be so a fun, fun. fun. I'm excited for it. And, guys, thank you all for tuning into this special. Jen, let the people know. Where can they find you, follow you, and, and check out all the stuff that you're doing? at Jennifer Sturger guys on all the socials and do me a huge solid and go and like my fun podcast that I do Monday through Friday with my husband and our, our comedian friend, Eddie Pence. It's called swings and MRS misses get it. That's the joke. <laughs> and you, can, you can check me out with the hall of fame or Booker T on our show, the hall of fame. Ironically, I wonder where the name came from uh, oh, wow. on ESPN radio and your favorite podcast app. But for Jen Sturger, my name is Brad Gilmore, the boat. Oh my God. You're my dream boat for sure. And we'll see you next time. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. 
Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.